Welcome to The Safety Plan, the show where I cover the latest cyber scam and how to avoid it on LCC Connect, Voices, Vibes, Vision. I'm Paul Schwartz, and I'm happy that you are here. Let's do this. Uh, This morning, my daughter was singing Spando Ballet's True. Now the song is stuck in my head. I guarantee you've heard it. I bought a ticket to the world, but now I've come back again. Why do I find it hard to write the next line? I want the truth to be said. Ah, ha, 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 ha. I know this much is true. Yeah, but my kid was singing with cybersecurity words. I created a strong password, but now I've got to change it again. Why do I find it hard to create a good password? I want the password to be safe. Ah, ha, 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 ha. I know this much is true. Obviously, the college has allowed me budgetless artistic freedom on this show, and I will take advantage of that position. So welcome to the Safety Plan Show. Here's the format. I will describe a real-world cyber scam like phishing or malware or identity theft. And second, I will explain why it could happen to you. And third, how to protect yourself so it doesn't happen to you. So, why should you listen to the Safety Plan episodes? First, as a leader, I want to share my cybersecurity knowledge with you so that you can hopefully learn and grow and become inspired by it. Second, a community knowledgeable on cyber scams will not fall for them in the future. And third, if people start practicing good cyber practices in their lives and at home, then they practice those same skills at work, which makes your business or company or local community college more secure. Win, win, win. Okay, so I'm Paul Schwartz, and I'm the, I work as the LCC Director of Information Security, and I coordinate security issues for the college, things like data breach coordination and reviewing emails for legitimacy and implementing projects to improve these college's security posture, you know, proactive phishing our employees and so forth. I've worked in cybersecurity for 27 years, including 20 years in the Air Force before ending up at LCC. I wear matching socks with cool designs on them at work, so people think I know stuff, which proves I am smart. S-M-R-T smart. Well, it's now time for the Cybersecurity Roundup. Let's focus on today's topic, passwords. Over the years, our reliance on passwords and the ease with which our adversaries can defeat those passwords resulted in a negative feedback loop where users were subjected to increasingly complex, stressful, and exhausting composition rules like upper and lower and special characters and so forth, increasing length requirements and password rotation requirements and on and on and on. Complex password rules actually drive us to create predictable, easy-to-guess passwords such as password1, explanation point or find other ways to make things easier on ourselves such as reusing the passwords across sites or saving them in spreadsheets or sticky notes and so forth in practice all those rules have made it easier for the bad guy and harder and less secure for the user now password one two three may be easy to remember but it's a disaster when it comes to security attackers like to go for the low-hanging fruit and try the obvious options first And despite years of warnings from security experts, password, or a slightly modified version of it, remains one of the most common passwords out there. So let's look at these common passwords. Here's the first one, the most common one, password one. And then you have, you know, ABC123 or 123456 or QWERTY12. So that's just the pronunciation of the letters if you go across the top row of the keyboard, Q-W-E-R-T-Y. So it's just a pattern of letters or just all 
numbers, 1111, or I love you, or welcome one, or using your name or your user ID. Um, any of these are very common and easily uh, guessed and crackable by uh, adversaries. So there are six problems with passwords that I want to talk about. The first is brute forcing or password cracking. If websites aren't configured correctly with password attempt lockout rates, such as, you know, six password mistries and you're locked out, you know, maybe for 30 minutes or maybe you have to reset your password, then criminals could eventually or continually guess the passwords using a script and a password file to guess millions of passwords and eventually guess your password or brute force your way into their account. Or they breach a system and access the stored password file. And then offline, they run special password cracking software to guess the password and to crack the passwords that way. In the big picture, websites are usually configured correctly and criminals don't have access or time to crack a stored password file. It's much easier to just ask users for their passwords, typically masquerading as a real source or a real company. And users will just hand over their passwords. This is the quickest, easiest, and most successful technique. Okay, the second problem, password reuse. Given the number of online accounts the average person has these days, creating strong, unique passwords can be a lot of work. That's why many people give in to the temptation to use the same simple password again and again. And that puts you in the crosshairs of cyber criminals on the hunt for easy targets. That's because once a login name and password are exposed in a data breach, criminals will try that same combination many more times across the web in an attack called credential stuffing. A startling 73% of online accounts use duplicated passwords, which leads to a domino effect, putting all accounts with the same password at risk, even when just one account is breached. Do not use the same password for your work or your school accounts as you do for other non-work or student accounts, such as Facebook and eBay and your bank and Twitter, etc. Use a unique password for every account. So the third problem is users can be too social. Be careful what you share and who you share it with. If you're going to post personal details about yourself or your family, make sure your accounts are locked down and change your privacy settings to restrict your posts to real life friends. The entire world doesn't need to know where your children go to school and when they celebrate their birthday. That's a privacy issue. When you're older, your kids may wish you hadn't shared their childhood photos and cute things they said with the internet. And keep in mind that even if you think you have your account locked down, nothing shared on social media is ever truly private. So think before you post your specific location, you know, don't get in a flame war with your neighborhood Facebook group or spill your guts to the stranger who just started messaging you. Okay. The fourth problem is users don't change their passwords unless they're forced to. Many people don't stop using passwords after they have been stolen, according to research by an account takeover and fraud prevention company called SpyCloud. Now, this company looked at 1.7 billion exposed credential pairs. Now, this is a combination of usernames and passwords or email addresses and passwords that came from 755 data breach sources in 2021. Now, those researchers found that 64% of consumers who had more than one password exposed that year were reusing those passwords across multiple accounts. And so 70% of those people who had passwords exposed in 2021 or earlier years were still using the same credential pairs. Okay, here's the fifth problem. Users give out their passwords too easily. If someone demands a password over the phone or email or in person, don't give it to them unless it's an automated web form for identif- 
identity identification purposes, such as changing your password. Don't don't hand out your password, and you have to make sure you are on the correct website to provide your password because criminals are very accustomed to creating fake you know login pages like off office 365 or or gmail or, or google login page companies that have your password you know say a, a help desk for hotmail or google they already know it so they will not ask you for that password and the final problem users use the remember my password browser feature website browsers like firefox and internet explorer have a feature that lets users save passwords for later use the passwords are stored unencrypted so anyone can see them the most widely distributed password stealing trojans such as zbot or spyeye know where to look and how to steal that information if you get infected similarly your browser might automatically log you in and expose your accounts to anyone who uses your device in Firefox, anyone with physical access to your computer and user account can view the stored passwords in plain text simply by clicking options and show passwords. It is a best practice to not use the remember password feature for applications, especially for shared or public computers. Okay, so let's go through some password basic don'ts. And and and, and to give you an idea of how you, sh you shouldn't be treating passwords. For, so first, don't reveal a password over the phone or in email or in person or on the web to anyone. Don't reveal a password to your employer, your supervisor. Don't talk about a password in front of others. Don't hint at the format of a password, such as I always use my family name. Don't reveal a password on questionnaires or security forms. Don't share a password with family members and don't reveal a password to coworkers, you know, you know, for instance, while on vacation. Uh, don't make short passwords and don't use personal information like names and birthdays to make your password easier to remember. That could make it easier for someone you know or someone with access to your information from, say, Facebook to guess your password. You don't want to use words, uh, you know, from the dictionary in your password. Don't use sequential or repeated letters or sequential or repeated numbers. Don't store passwords where they are easily accessible. Um, here, here's just a couple of examples of bad passwords, such as like Bob123. So this is like your kid's name or your kid's birthday or ABC123. Um, you shouldn't put your passwords on a sticky note and put those passwords on your you know computer monitor. Um, you shouldn't use passwords that contain words in any language or a dictionary or slang or dialect or jargon, even if they're spelled backwards. And variations of the word password or the you know a month name such as January or a season name such as like spring or fall uh, are very bad uh, to be used as passwords. And passwords based on personal information such as your first name, names of family, your pets, your friends, your coworkers, your fantasy characters, birthdays, addresses, phone numbers, all bad to use when creating a password. At LCC, we advise um, you know, our students to not create passwords with the word Lansing or community or college or stars, that's our mascot, or say Red Wings or Michigan State or Wolverine or any derivation of those. You shouldn't be using those in your password. Definitely words or, or number patterns like AAA, BBB, you know, the QWERTY that I talked about earlier, or one, two, three, three, two, one, you know, these are simple adjacent keyboard combinations that um, are very common in passwords. And then since they're common, they're easily guessable and, and cracked. Any of the um, above 
you know, say you have a good password, but all you do is put a sequential digit at the end or at the beginning of it and then just rotate that through. That's uh, I, that's common knowledge for criminals, and they understand how to manipulate a password to get those um, those derivations. Do not store passwords in a file on any computer system or mobile device without encryption or separate password protection. And finally, never use a password you've picked for an email account at any other online site. If you do an email, you know, such as an e-commerce site that you've registered, let's say it gets hacked, there's a good chance someone will be then getting into your email. Okay, so I've, I've covered a whole bunch of don'ts for passwords. I want to cover some do's. So obviously a password should be composed of a very long string of characters. So this is because the longer it is, the harder it is to crack if they're using password cracking software. The more characters, uh, such as like 16 characters, that seems to be the common uh, recommendation right now, um, it will take a, you know, a cracking capability uh, software about 2 billion years to get through a 16 character password. Um, just for reference, an eight character password, which is kind of a, 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 a common password length uh, for a lot of sites. They could crack that with software in a, in the matter of hours. Okay. So another do for passwords, you want to use, you know, upper and lower case and numbers and special characters that added complexity Here's the big one. You want to use a unique password for every site or every account you have. And finally, you want to use multi-factor authentication uh, whenever it's available. And I'll get, get to that in a bit here. So how do you create a strong password that is easily remembered? You want to create the password based on a unique phrase, such as, here's this is a good recommendation, such as a song lyric or a book quotation or a movie line. You want to take the phrase such as, you know, this may be one way to remember. And then you take that first letter of each word of this may be one way to remember. So you have TM, you have a B. Uh, instead of uh, one, you sp use the number one uh, way. You just have a W and then two such as the word TO, but you can use the number T, uh, you know, the number two and R. So it's the password ends up becoming TMB1W2R. So this is a kind of a way to convert a phrase by using the first letter of every word as your password. Another good way to come up with a good password is to use an online password generator. There's one available at passwordsgenerator.net uh, that will come up with unique passwords for you too. Okay, so next thing you need to understand is if a unique password has ever been leaked or captured in a previous breach. And what I recommend is going to a website called haveibeenpwned.com. And that's have I been, and then pwned is P-W-N-E-D.com. You can go to this uh, website, which is an aggregator uh, created by a security expert by the name of Troy Hunt to help people find out if their email or personal data has shown up in any um, you know, prominent data breaches. And it also, at this site, offers a password search capability that allows you to check to see if your password, or the one you want to use, has shown up in any data breaches um, in, the, in the past. And so I recommend going there to check to see if your password is truly unique. Um, and also, there's been a bit of change for passwords over the years. Experts now say that you don't need to change your passwords on a regular basis. Uh, so that's that 
used to be the the rotation where we would say, well, you know, we need to expire passwords and have them change it. Well, that's no longer the case. So, but they want they do advise you to change your password if it's been exposed in a data breach. You'll you're going to need to change it immediately if that's the case. So, but if your account or password is um, you know, has never been suspected of being compromised, then you don't need to change your password. Okay. So, Here's the next issue um, that we have with passwords is people cannot remember multiple unique, you know, 16 character with complexity passwords without writing them down. We, we have too many accounts. You'd be amazed on how many accounts people's, people have. It's in the hundreds from banking to healthcare to work to school to all your utilities, the investments, um, you know, all these sites. Um, so, there's, there's, it's, it's, it's impossible for a person to remember a unique password for these hundreds of accounts. So I'm going to give you three different ways to not remember the passwords, but to store the passwords. And I'm going to do the Bernstein Bears approach with good, better, best. So first, good. Let's get this simple and less technical. As long as you're not a high-profile person at risk of being targeted by hackers and international assassins, there's nothing wrong with writing down your passwords and keeping them in a safe place. Just have a unique password for each account. So write down your passwords on a paper and save it and put it in your office drawer and then lock it when it's you know unattended. So that's good. What would be better for password management uh, and to remember you know these hundreds of unique passwords which I, I need to quit saying remember. I don't want you to remember. I want you to write them down and then reference where you wrote them down each time you try to get into the into your accounts. You should consider using a password manager program. Now, this is the better approach. And this way, you only have to remember one password to get into the program. Um, and then maybe your laptop or phone lock codes. And then once you get into your password manager program, that will list out all your passwords for all your accounts. One way to do this, a simple way to do this, is to use Microsoft Word or Excel and then, you know, enable the encryption and set the password protection by going to file info and then protect document and then encrypt with password. And then when you open up that Microsoft Word or Microsoft Excel uh, document that contains all your accounts, which is, you know, the web address for the account and then the user ID and the password, it will, when you open that document, it will open... Uh, and ask you for your password. Okay, so that's a password manager, very simple one using Microsoft Word. Now the best, even the next step, the best approach to a password manager is to use a, you know, a application that is specifically designed to be a password manager or a secure website that stores your passwords in a single password encrypted file. So I recommend a free one called KeyPass. This is a free password manager. And then there's some things you could do, which is uh, you could, you know, tighten the security of that application even better with enabling secure desktop and random password generation and key form and so forth. But my point is good, better, best, write them down. Better is, you know, Keep them in Microsoft Word or Excel with uh, that file being encrypted. And the best is using a password manager such as KeePass. And in KeePass, you will put all your accounts and all your passwords. And then you'll only have one password to get into the program. And it'll hold all the rest. So the next thing I need you to do to better protect your passwords is to lie, lie, lie. Yes, I need you to lie and make up answers when... 
it comes to password recovery security questions. Now, those are the questions you're asked. You know, what is your first pet and where was your high school and who's your best friend at your wedding? These questions um, are asked to verify your identity to help you reset your password. But criminals often know that they can find this information on your social media and through other means to get that those answers, like your mother's maiden name. They could go to some, some court records for that. And so that information is very easy to obtain. So if you're using a recovery method with security questions, I need you to lie and make up answers for those. So for instance, if it asks you, what's your mother's maiden name? I now want you to use, say, the MSU mascot, Spartan. So your, your new answer for your mother's maiden name is now Spartan. And finally, Passwords are always going to be less secure than multi-factor authentication. And if your accounts have a capability of multi-factor authentication, you should use it. Now, multi-factor authentication requires you to enter a, say, a multi-digit code from an app like, uh, you know, Google Authenticator to log into your account. So it's asking you for more than just your user ID name user ID and your password. It wants to know something you have. And so that would be, you know, a phone or this code. Um, so multi-factor authentication is also called two-factor authentication. And MFA makes it a lot harder for attacker or hackers to, to access your accounts, even if they have the password to it. Now, it's standard practice in business and services such as Facebook and Google and online banking sites to offer it as an option, but you frequently have to turn it on. So yes, MFA or multi-factor authentication does slow down a little bit, the login process, but MFA is often enough to make hackers look for another target. It's getting easier to use too. Most people are familiar with the version where a code is text to you or you use a smartphone app. You can also use a physical security key that can be inserted in your computer or a smartphone. Uh, you can use your smartphone itself to verify your identity. So here's the bottom line to this whole podcast, and that is I need you to be a password genius. So first, make your passwords long and strong. Second, use a different password for each account. And third, get a password manager. And finally, fourth, Use multi-factor authentication when possible. Well, that's a wrap of today's Safety Plan episode. If you have questions or have been a victim of cyber scam, tell me about it by emailing lcc-connect at lcc.edu. Or you can find more info and past episodes at the Safety Plan at lcc.edu connect. This episode of the Safety Plan was recorded by Paul Schwartz in the TLC Tower in downtown Lansing Community College and produced by Lane Ingram and engineered by Big D Dedalian. I'm Paul Schwartz and this is LCC Connect. Voices, vibes, vision. So long. <laughs>